Okay, uh, this morning we're continuing on in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Oh, you can move my jacket. Um, so let's turn to Acts chapter 11. Okay, the apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Uh, this is right after uh, Cornelius was brought to faith and the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. Um, and, and so when the Jews heard in, uh, uh, in, in uh, Jerusalem, they criticized Peter for going into the house of a, Jew, uh, a non-Jew and uh, uh, ridiculed him. Um, verse 4, starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being led down from heaven by its four corners and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not Lord, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Uh, uh, the voice spoke from heaven a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and and he entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, uh, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began speaking, the Holy Spirit came on them and had as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remember what the Lord uh, had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now those who had been scattered by this persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Syria went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greek also, telling them the good news uh, about the Lord Jesus. The The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he, when he had arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them to all remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the whole, uh, Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Okay, we'll stop there this morning. Okay, so this is chapter 11, and I gave you guys a timeline. I think it was in Acts chapter 2 or 3 where Paul got saved. We're now in Acts chapter 11, and this is 10 years since that conversion experience that we read in Acts chapter uh, uh, 2 or 3, was it? And so 10 years have passed uh, 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 since Paul's conversion, when the first, uh, uh, or when the Antioch church is planted. Antioch is the first place that uh, uh, believers are referred to as Christians in the scriptures. Previously, they were mentioned as uh, followers of the way. Uh, um, and all that Christian means is just affiliated, associated, followers of Christ. Uh, it's pretty, pretty uh, straightforward. Um, the very opening of this chapter will sound very familiar. It's the account of how the Holy Spirit fell on on Cornelius and the Gentiles and this vision that Peter has about the unclean and clean animals. 
Uh, the reason why it sounds familiar, because within the first 10 chapters, this is the, the history and the birth of the church and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because this is the third time that this is mentioned in 10 chapters. Uh, uh, and so when something is repeated, I mean, you know, you hear a phrase or a sentence or a word, and even within that same paragraph, if it's repeated multiple times, we understand that there's a significance. We understand that that's highlighted. But when the same narrative within the same accounts uh, over a period of years is, is continually repeated, and then, hey, Pastor Matt, what's up, man? Hey, guys, Pastor Matt's here. He's out of quarantine. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back. Um, and so when it's repeated, uh, the same narrative, it's, 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 you know, it's a purpose. God wants us to see how significant, how important. I mean, people are asking questions like, why? Why did you go into a non-Jew's house? Why did you go? You know, that's against the law. You know, that's not accepted in our culture. And so Peter has to repeat himself and repeat the account and give the testimony over and over again. And so this is significant in the Bible. This is significant in this letter, this is significant in the redemptive plan of God. God is saying all along I had purposed that everyone would be included uh, uh, into the kingdom. That everyone would have opportunity. Um, this was uh, the idea of Gentiles being saved for Jews. I, I mean, I'm, you know, it was such an inconceivable, such an improbable, something that they could never really have anticipated or grasped. It, you know, it was something really... Uh, 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 that God had planned that they hadn't understood. Um, I, I like this quote. Uh, to sum up the church's early vision, <clears throat> if you're talking about the first church or the early church, uh, you know, in the first century, uh, the church's early vision and the leadership was narrow and traditional. It was exclusive and not inclusive. Very Jewish-oriented oriented, and not ethically open. I mean, that, that was the church that was birthed in Jerusalem. Uh, they thought it was for a specific group of people, for people that looked like them, you know, ate like them, you know, smelled like them. And, and so this was the, 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 the beginning. But God's plan was far beyond that. God's plan was to pour out His Spirit, uh, uh, you know, to, to uh, eliminate this prejudice. Uh, you know, the Lord had commanded that you're going to go to all the regions, all the nations, um, and yet, after some 10 years, Peter is still on a rooftop, having yet gone into a Gentile's home. Uh, and so God's plan was far greater. Uh, Antioch, the city in which um, you first hear of the mention of Christians, uh, or refer, believers referred to as Christians. Uh, Antioch is a very strategic city. It's the third, was, was at that time the third greatest city in Rome, uh, uh, sorry, in the Roman Empire after Rome and Alexandria. It was about 300 miles uh, north of Jerusalem, about 15, 20 minutes or, or miles from the Mediterranean. It was a bustling commercial hub, uh, ideal for you know spreading commerce, ideal for spreading information and news. You have to remember, at, you know, in those days, you know, they didn't have internet uh, uh, communication, and so if you wanted your news about the world, you had to go to the port cities, and then peoples and you know from all over the empire and trade and commerce would bring and they would congregate and they would you know you know uh, bring information from from whereabouts from their from their home that they had not been in in like ten years. Uh, it was a bustling commercial city. Some commentators. Uh, liken it to the equivalent of, of, of the New York of, of their times. Uh, other commentators, uh, I, I think it more accurately depicts it as more of a Las Vegas. It was a, it was a business hub, but at the same time it was a center of pleasure seekers and, and leisure. Um, people from all over the empire came to this area 
five miles from the city center uh, was a was a, 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 a resort that was dedicated uh, to the goddess Daphne. And basically, uh, the, the priestesses of this temple uh, would have uh, sexual uh, encounters and affairs with people. And it was just known for a ple- you know, place of pleasure. People would come. Uh, uh, the story is be- you know, behind uh, Paulus's famous uh, pursuit of Daphne. And so everything was reenacted. Everything was dedicated for that. Um, and so it was a center of, of pleasure seekers, depravity. Uh, here's another quote about Antioch and this, this uh, Daphne, uh, the center at this time. One might say that Jerusalem was all about religion. Rome was all about power. Alexandria was all about intellect. And Athens was all about philosophy. Adding to that, one might say that Antioch was all about business and immorality. Uh, and so uh, to me, it's kind of more similar to Las Vegas. People came there for business, conventions, but then also on the side, you know, it's all about pleasure and, and, and having a good time. Uh, and it's in this context uh, that some of the greatest preachers and teachers, Apostle Paul and Barnabas, would go and minister and, and plant uh, uh, this Gentile church. It's interesting, right, if you think about it, in this context, you know, what is God's intent, what is God's purpose, what is God's plan? Um, and, and, you know, another simple way to say it is, you know, you've heard Jesus say when, when he was walking the earth and teaching and discipling and, and, and training, he said he didn't come for those who are well. He came for those that are sick, you know. And, and so sometimes the mentality of the church, if we're not careful, and it's, it, yet there's, there's a fine line. And so, you know, I, I really want to just clarify this. You know, sometimes if we're not careful as a church, we just come, uh, become insular, we just, you know, become a community that has our values, our standards, and then we all congregate together. And if anyone is outside of that or opposed to that, it's so hard for them to come in. And, and, and so, so in one sense, you know, there's this aspect of holiness and purity and righteousness and, you know, seeking God and, and not, not staining that, not being influenced by the world, not being permeated by the world. But at the same time, we see the movement and the activity of God. You know, Jesus says that the world will hate you. We are not of this world. We are otherworldly. You know, we, we have a heavenly citizenship, right? We're, we're, you know, when we're saved, our minds are, are, uh, are unveiled and we're able to see the spiritual things. We're able to see the supernatural and the eternal. We understand that our, our, that our time here is temporal, that, that we live for the things that are eternal, right? And so in that sense, automatically our, our values and our, you know, the things we, we focus on and the things we live for should automatically shift. All of a sudden, the things that had value, the most value before you knew God, you know, should shift. You know, they're important, but there are far greater important things. And, and, and your capacity, your individual capacity to perceive and to evaluate the weight of eternity and the weight of what you can have now will very much determine the type of uh, life you live out here. If to you, living for God and living for the world and the things of the world are equal, man, you got one foot in the world and you got one foot in heaven. Right? For you, if, if you know, the, the, the cost of the world and the pleasures of the world and the things of the world are, are so weighty and so valuable, man, then you got, you got two feet in the world and maybe a finger in heaven. Right? It has to be the other way. Everything has to be scaled where everything is pointing forward. Everything you do now eventually ultimately is for the glory of God and, and for the eternity that you're going to have with Him. Then all of a sudden it, per, it puts things in perspective. And so in one sense I understand 
like as Christians, as believers. And so sometimes we, we, we struggle with that, right? We, we, we have friends, we have community, we, we, you know, people that we love and care for outside of the church. And, and we take a look at them and we know like, you know, some of us have very good friends. I have very good friends who don't go to church. And, and I look at them and I just know they're not going to fit in my church DNA. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, they're just not in a place where if I brought them, the, it's, like, it's like water and oil. It's just going to totally repel. And so there's a conflict. And so it's almost like we're living two lives. Like, which one do I, you know, am I in? And, 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 and so in one sense, listen, I want to make this very clear. As believers, we seek after God. Our eternal perspective, the lens by which we walk into and live in the world is set on Christ. But at the same time, even though Jesus says we are otherworldly, even, Jesus, even though Jesus says we are not of this world, even though Jesus says that if we're, if we're with Him and for Him, then in some sense the world should not accept us, the world should reject us. <clears throat> um, there's a biblical principle, and this is the second thing that I, I want to make clear, that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Right? Some of you may have heard this before. We are to be, in, though we are not of the world, we still live in the world. And so this is why we don't teach as believers, like don't congregate, don't make friends. If, if that were the case, then uh, the most you know, holy or righteous person you know, in us would be the person who were to move out of Singapore, find some remote mountainside and, and live on the mountaintops and every day dedicate him or herself to prayer and devotion. Right? You know, completely uh, 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 take yourself out of society, out of community, and just live. And, and, and your whole pursuit, it's like, you know, some people that we know uh, uh, constantly, you know, we love these people and we, uh, <clears throat> we celebrate them and we need them in the church. But, you know, we, every, every church got that one or two people who kind of like they're here, but they're not really here. You know what I'm talking about? They're physically here, but like emotionally, spiritually, they're somewhere else. You know, we, we call them... Uh, um, you know, sometimes uh, uh, I have to say, hey, come back to earth. You know, uh, don't spend so much time in the seventh heaven. You know, in, in spiritual matters, we have to be relatable. We have to be able to connect with people. Uh, and so we're in the world, but not of the world. And so we still have to go to our workplaces. We still have to be a part of our communities. Uh, you know, we have to make friends uh, uh, with people who don't go to church. And, and this is the place that God wants us to be. You look at the church at Antioch. He plants a church, you know, sends some of the best preachers and teachers and disciples into this community. And in the midst of this uh, a city that's bustling, you know, city who's, who, you know, people are, are living for other things, God plants this church and becomes a light and draws people into the kingdom. And, and, and so we are to walk in holiness. We are to walk in righteousness. We are not to compromise but at the same time, we are to engage in the marketplace. We are to engage in the culture. We are to engage in the community, again, without compromise. If we fit in, in our culture, and people have no idea that, you're, that we are believers, then something's wrong, right? Uh, uh, one of the things I love is, um, you know, I, 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 I love to play water polo. And, and, and part of it, you know, a sliver of it, one of the things I appreciate is that, uh, you know, out of like 30 guys, you know, there might be like uh, uh, maybe two, maybe, maybe three at most believers. And so it's, 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 it's uh, one aspect. It's, you know, I think it's healthy to have, uh, uh, you know, some, some outlet, you know, whether it's sports or, or just some hobby or activities. But same time, you know, I have a group of guys that I can, you know, build relationship with. They all know that I'm a believer. Uh, uh, I'm constantly aware of that. It, it, I feel like I'm like... 
like a, like like radioactive, but in a good way. Like I, you know, I light up in, in, in some regards. They know, and, and so you can tell like they'll have conversations and they'll, they'll get into it and, and you know have fun. And then and then they'll notice I'm there, and then they'll like shift gears and talk about something else and weather or, or politics. Um, and at the same time, you know, there's respect, there's there's acceptance, and you know, we get in the pool, we play. You know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, and my heart, it really is to build this relationship and to to you know build this connection. And man, my, my desire would be that, that, that many of them, that all of them would come to faith in this context. And many of you guys are you know, in the world, you know, marketplace. Many of you guys have you know, friends and communities. And listen, God has given you favor and privilege to be in those communities and have those trusted relationships. And, and I absolutely believe that the gospel and the message of your faith in many ways, even sometimes uh, uh, you know, that you may not know, are, is being permeated. But the key is here, two things. Right? You're, you're a missionary evangelist undercover in your marketplace, in your communities, in your families, in your friends. Uh, one is you cannot compromise. The moment you compromise, uh, you compromise your witness. The moment you know, they're looking for, for any difference, they're looking for the impact of your faith, and then they're, they're waiting to say, oh, you're just like one of us, man. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you know you're, you're, you're no different. You think the way you have the same values of us. And so don't compromise. Uh, uh, in one sense, you're like one of us. You still enjoy and, and you can have fun and, and, and you appreciate and, and your heart is so pure and, and true. But, but in certain areas where they're looking for the difference between Christians and non-believers, don't compromise. And then secondly, the second thing that, that you have to implement into that is look for opportunities to pray. Look for the activity of God. Look for the places where they need counsel or guidance or, or where there's a dissonance or something difficult is going on. And that would be the Spirit's prompting an open door for you to then say in your friendship, Hey, is it okay if I just pray for you? You know, you know I, I don't want to make it too heavy or too overly spiritual, but I, I just want to pray for you. Is that okay? And that would be an open door. Those two things, I think, are vital. And if you did those two things, I believe God would continue to expand and continue to give you favor uh, within your circles. Uh, John chapter 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, uh, in the world, but not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. Um, this is why, you know, originally when we moved to Singapore, uh, we wanted our kids, all of our kids, to go into the local Singapore school system. Can you imagine uh, if you're Singaporean, you're, you know, your first child or even your second child or both kids, first day of school, of first grade, and you left them out of school for six months? No way, right? No, no one would do that. Right? We did that. We, we, we came here in mid-July. Uh, we, we felt convicted and we wanted to be a part of the culture, part of society. We wanted to sow our kids into the culture. Uh, we waited six months uh, not knowing this from September till December and applied for both Micah and Noel who were in third grade and first grade. Uh, uh, you know, to our surprise, and, and we were a bit surprised and shocked, uh, uh, there wasn't enough space that particular year and so they didn't get in. Uh, but the idea for us was we want to be part of the culture. We want to be, you know, assimilate into society. We want to be, you know, Singaporean, so to say. And uh, it, it didn't work out. And, and so 
you know, the idea is that we have to be uh, uh, in the world, but at the same time, you know, of, of another uh, uh, filling, of another purpose, of another calling. Um, I think one of the, uh, one of my favorite movies, and, I, and I'll close with this, uh, some of you guys have seen Matrix. I think just recently they put it on Netflix, and so my son watched the whole series. And um, uh, uh, have, how many of you guys have seen Matrix? Just curious how much background I have to give. Some of you haven't, okay. Uh, um, okay, man, quick summary. Robots rule the world. Human beings are batteries, right? They're life force, they're energy. So uh, robots you know, have this CPU mainframe. Humans are plugged in you know, through a cord into the matrix, which is this computerized programmed world. So the world we're living in right now, right now, we're actually in reality, in, in, in physicality, we're, we're in these like cocoon things plugged into a computer. Our, our physical bodies, our eyes have never been open. We're living in this computer program, right? I think Elon Musk, I don't know, he, they had some theories about that. Uh, uh, and so the matrix is there are those who are liberated from that and they go around popping people out of the computer hookup matrix, bringing them out of these cocoons as batteries and then bringing them to reality. And then the reality... Uh, 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 you know, is harsh. It's raw. It's not as pretty as modern day that the Matrix had, you know, formulated or fabricated. And and it's like they're it's like they're born again. They're they're brawn out. This veil has been lifted. That this world that they've been living in is so fake. And the things that people are living for are so fake. And and, and none of it is real. And then they come to reality and they really realize who they are. So so in the movie itself, it's it's a lot of biblical themes. In the United States, it came out on the weekend of Easter. Neo, which is which is new. I think the ship that they were in it was called uh, Exodus or something. Uh, uh, the girl's name is Trinity. The very end, he dies and then he resurrects and then he's 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 the savior. He saves everyone. So there's a, there's a lot of biblical themes in there. Um, but there's this scene where he's brought out of the matrix and everyone's like, you know, everyone you know grapples with the fact that what like this is reality, like this is who I am. And then they struggle with, but I want to go back into the matrix. I liked it. It was comfortable. It was warm. There was good food and, and all that. And then there's this scene where five of them have to go back in because they, they have a mission and they have to liberate. They have to, they have to beat the matrix so that everyone can be freed. Everyone can be saved. And there's a scene where Neo goes back and they all plug in for the first time after having been saved, been called out. Plug in back in. And he's sitting in a car and he's you know, driving through. I think it was filmed in Chicago, you know, the Chinatown area. And it's just noticeably, you know, everything's different. It's the same, you know, he, he was driving by the car. It's like, well, that's, oh, that's that place I used to eat noodles. That's, that, that's, that's the place where I used to walk. That's the place where I used to work. And there's this complete shift of perspective. This world that they had lived in, the values that they had, the things that they lived for, the things that brought them pleasure, all of a sudden now... In, in reality and having met, you know, in, in our context, having met God, having met Jesus, understanding that there's an eternal reality, that there's a God that loves us. And then we go back in the world and all of a sudden, even though we're in it, there's like this glaze or this sense and, and there's a lens and we know that we don't belong. We know that the things that, that used to hook us and the things that we used to live for don't hook us and we don't live for these things anymore. And I just thought that was such a beautiful picture of what it's like as believers you know, we're in the world, but we're not phased. And, you know, the, the, the glories of the world and the values in the world and the, and the heights of the world and the, and, and the aspirations of the world, 
You know, that we, you know, we can still do these things and be blessed in them, but our ultimate intent and motive is to glorify God and to bring people into the kingdom that they also might be saved. Because we all know, we all know as young and as vibrant and as beautiful as we are now, that time will pass and eternity will be with God in heaven. And, um, and so this, this is really the charge. I mean, Neo went back and he was forever changed. Forever changed. He couldn't go back to the life that he had. He could only live in truth. And in the same way, every single one of us, when the Lord unplugged us from the matrix of, of, of Satan and, and the values of the world and, and the pursuits of the world, right? we too were unveiled and we saw you know, behind or beyond you know, to the greater purposes and greater glory. And, and man, we have God in the, the last scene though. You know, uh, uh, he's in the matrix now, so he knows how you know it works and things. And so he takes off and he he actually takes flight and, and launches off. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And in, in that sense, you know, as believers, you know, we have this supernatural authority, supernatural power. Uh, in some ways, you know, we're not relegated to the things of the of the physical. In, in some regard, you know, we have a God that that in which anything and everything is possible. And so, how exciting! And so, I often think of that. When I think of uh, uh, the people and our friends, they're still kind of hooked in, and we got to bring them into this revelation and salvation. And, and all of us are agents and opportunities. Uh, uh, we, we, we embody and carry that light. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. I believe God has brought you here to Singapore, whether you were born here, whether you, you came as a visitor or, or employment. I believe that God brought you here to Solomon's Porch because we, we preach this. You know, go out into the world, be in the marketplace, make friends, you know, be, you know, uh, 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 make connections, but at the same time, don't compromise and always look for that opportunity where you can pray. And I know many of you guys, right, I've met your friends. You've invited them to church. I know many of our, 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 our seats are filled because of friends that you've brought in. And I just want to say, man, bless you guys. God God honors that. God sees that. God, God sees that your heart is for Him. God sees that, man, you want to you, you see the church grow. Yeah, that, you know, that's, that's beautiful. But man, you want to see people's lives be transformed. And so God has brought you strategically into this community, into this church. Right? I think today is also a reminder for yourself. You know, if, if, if you've kind of been, uh, 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 you know, cruise controlling, you, you kind of just kind of slip back into the ways of the world and... And, and you remember what it was like, you know, five years ago, three years ago, or ten years ago when you first gave, when you fully dedicated yourself, right? And so some of you guys this morning, the Holy Spirit's just prompting you and reminding you, hey, come back. You know, come back to that place. Come back to that remembrance that you are not citizens of this world. If, if we're learning anything about the book of Acts, man, it's not about one nation. It's not about one people group. It's not about one ethnicity or language. It's about this international not, not even international. It's, it's, it's about this one family that, per, that, 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 that supersedes, that, that elevates above you know, international uh, affiliations or associations or citizenships. We were all sons and daughters of God before you ever got your first passport. God's design and intent for our church was to always be one. The whole Bible, however many thousands of pages, over thousands of years, over hundreds of authors, is one simple narrative 
of God having been separated from his children. And, and, and a love story and a pursuit of, of, of a father wanting to receive his, you know, bring his family back together. And it all culminates on Jesus on the cross. And so this is the gospel. This is the narrative. God wants us to be one. And so we have this glorious message in us. We're fragile. We're, we're broken. We make mistakes. Seasonally, we, we fall back. And then God revives us. And then we get back into it. We get out of the, the military uh, uh, hospital, whatever. And then we come back out and we, we get back into it. And we, and we join our you know, brothers and sisters on the field again. And, and, and we're continually in connection. right? And we're no longer connected to the world, but now we're connected to heaven and the eternal. And, and as we're continually connected, we then begin to see things in the eternal perspective. And then we see how many are out there and the reason why God has brought us here. And then you begin to perceive why God has given you favor. And then you begin to perceive why God has given you this position. Why, why people are drawn to you. Why people are attracted to you. Why people seem to congregate. You know, uh, why, why you got this promotion. You know, why, why you're in this industry. Why, why you're in the medical industry. Why you're in the entertainment industry. Why you're, why you're in finance, law. And you begin to realize that God has orchestrated and that He's called you for this purpose and plan. So Father Jesus, we thank you this morning. God, we thank you that you have called us out. And God, there certainly, certainly are creature comforts, especially now during the fast that we miss. And even after the fast we miss. But God, they're nothing. Lord, they, 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 they're, they, they look shiny and they look heavy, but when you put them on a scale, I mean, the weight of your kingdom will, will flip it so much it'll, it'll, it'll hit the ceiling and fall down and crack. God, there's no weight to it. It's temporary. It's, 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 it's fluff. It's, it's a vapor. But God, the things of your kingdom, God, the things of your heart, the things that we pursue uh, eternally for you, God, have ultimate weight and reward. Lord, we delight in you. God, we delight in you. Lord, just teach us over the next few days as we close out to really delight in you and to just delight in our salvation, delight in this revelation that you have saved us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.